goodest of good days, cats and kittens, and welcome to this week's episode of Discontent Provider, the podcast that has tried the great and the good in the balance and has found them wanting. Oh, so very, very wanting. I'm the Silver Fox, a time-soured anti-folk harp player and, at best, C3 guitarist, and sitting beside me and waiting patiently for this futile farrago of polysyllabic pointlessness to drag itself to its sorry conclusion is Arkham, the world's greatest lurcher. We have, as is our custom, taken a rest from our rural ramblings in order to take stock of this weary, wicked world for another week in our happy place a secret spot beside a babbling brook where the birdsong is sweet and the ratio of sunlight to shadow is, no matter what the time of year, absolutely spot on. Why I've chosen the most scenic and enchanting spot in the entirety of the West Midlands to profane with tales of corruption, dishonesty, selfishness and sundry other forms of unspeakable beastliness, all quite often couched in what the people who do the telly listings would call language, is a bit of a puzzle. To be honest, you'd think the urge would be to keep it pristine and unsullied. Nevertheless, that's our format and we're sticking to it. I suppose that if nothing else, it explains why we can't have nice things. But of course, not everybody can have nice things, can they? Twas ever thus, and no doubt, it always will be thus, if not even a dashed sight thuser, as time, that intractable bastard, plods on until it calls it a day and puts its size billion feet up. Doubtless we'll want to stick the ever-popular two fingers up to the face of the hourglass-wielding curmudgeon and head back into humanity's dim and distant past, not necessarily in a dimensionally transcendental police box, though that is obviously the best way to do it, one would see some hominids glowering with ill-concealed cupidity at a hominid who had gotten hold of some really, really nice shiny stone to do primal tool things with. It's the way of the world, we're told, most notably by those who are well pleased with the arrangement and see no urgent need to change things. At least, they don't until they come across a spiritual descendant of that original complacent hominid holding the modern-day equivalent of an even nicer bit of stone than theirs. Then, of course, they lose their shit and decide that they too are oppressed and kick up the most fearful row. But we haven't walked all these long and weary Warwickshire miles to go over Nigel Farage's banking woes again. Let's face it, Monsieur F is more than capable of keeping that story alive in the media unaided. And besides, even if his filthy Luca has been kicked out of coots because his views don't align with theirs, why in the name of Azathoth the Demon Sultan should I give the slightest fragment of my coloned contents? I doubt very much if he would have taken up the cudgels on my behalf on those many occasions when I was barred from entering various boozers and nightclubs because they didn't share my views that it was perfectly acceptable for a paying punter to wear a top hat in them. So he can fuck right off out of it and queue up at NatWest like so many others must. Assuming, of course, their local branch hasn't been closed down for greater customer convenience. You see, dear podcast pals, it is my intention this week to concentrate with a rare spirit of positivity upon people who actually can have nice things. Specifically, uh, some 4,000 happy souls in and around Porriton and uh, Bridgewater in Somerset who will be getting jobs at the uh, planned Land Rover Jaguar Gigafactory. A nice tickle for those cats and kittens, to be sure, and good luck to them. 
say we here in the happy place. Ah, would the other spirits could be so generous, eh, what? For already, carping has begun, as is so often the case. I speak here, of course, of those such as the doomsters and gloomsters Boris Johnson swept so effortlessly into history's dustbin when he celebrated his eternal triumph and Britain's imminent and inevitable return to global glory in 2019. <laughs> he told them, did he not? And not one of us has looked back since. If only... If only because the line twixt uproarious comedy and heart-rending tragedy can sometimes be a mite too blurred for anyone's comfort. Because, as you've doubtless heard, this triumph for the UK automotive industry has not come without a price. In order to clinch the deal and prevent Tata Industries, uh, Land Rover Jag's parent company, from building their battery factory in Spain, the government have lashed out the freebies with a liberal and gladsome hand, to be sure. Direct grants, subsidies and a whole raft of other incentives, blandishments and backsheesh have been promised the firm. Some pretty eye-watering sums of money have been banded about this week, and as somebody who bought a couple of fish suppers a while back, I feel pretty qualified to comment about eye-watering sums of money. Uh, the figure most consistently cited, though, seems to be hovering around the £500 million mark. Now, it's not in my nature to piss upon the big car battery-shaped celebratory cake of a Prime Minister who's giddy with delight at having pulled off a biggie, but I do rather question Mr Sunak's contention that the deal represents, quote, a fantastic vote of confidence in the UK, unquote. Well, there's no denying that cats and kittens who aren't pretty damned sanguine about a project don't invest four billion quid in it. But wouldn't the vote of confidence been a fuck sight more fantastic if the nation hadn't had to lay out 500 million sheets? A nice thought, but of course that's simply not the way the game is played, as any fool know. A few inducements, a few sweeteners, gentlemen of commerce, sworn plebeian terms like bribes or backhanders, uh, 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 how commerce works, and, uh, and one would expect nothing else. That vexed topic aside, it's been a truth regarded as self-evident by all the moguls and mavens that you've got to spend money to make money. So, of course, it can be seen, and I think reasonably, to be fair, as a legitimate investment in a developing technology that will aid in seeing off the filthy spectre of petrol and diesel, and, let's not forget, creating 4,000 jobs at the Giga... Oh, balls to that twaddle. At the factory. The factory itself. Giga factory. Get out of here, man. Uh, and many more, of course, will be provided in the supply chain, the subsidiary businesses, transport and whatnot. So uh, one really does hate to be churlish, wouldn't you say? Uh, Somerset, uh, much of the southwest, in fact, has been overlooked shockingly in the past. So one would have to be the most frightful shitehawk to cavil at an economic, economically deprived area getting a decent crack for a change. For all that, however, I decided to pull out the old pocket calculator and see what's what vis-a-vis -vis the public good. Uh, let's, uh, let's, to keep it simple, just take the factory jobs. Uh, apparently the average salary for an automotive assembly worker is around £32,500 a year, with those at the top of the skill tree trousering thirty-eight grand each annum. Uh, obviously, the 32.5 grand figure is the mean average money-wise, and I don't know how many of the 4,000 workers will fall into that category. 
Also, a percentage of that 4,000 positions will be made up of, uh, of those in support roles, uh, admin or clerical gigs and managerial positions, so it's hard to nail down with any great precision what sort of income the factory will generate for its workers. Uh, the, the, uh, using the average will make the sums easier, and as I'm almost enumerate, uh, that's what I decided to do. Uh, so just accept that we're going to be a few grand out one way or another, and let's just get through this nightmare of comma counting together as best we can, cats and kittens. Right, uh, 4,000 punters making 32 and a half large a year gives us an income of roughly 130 million. Now, assuming, wrongly, obviously, because people have uh, different allowances, liabilities and dependents, etc., that each of the 4,000 people are paying the basic level of tax on an income of £32,500, uh, which is £6,625, uh, that's an annual income for the Treasury of something like £26 million from the factory. Add that to the savings made in benefit payments, if we assume that all workers would otherwise be unemployed, and we see that the government is spared £17,638,400 uh, uh, each year in job seekers' allowance payments alone. Uh, factor in, again, for the sake of convenience, the average weekly cost of housing benefit for 4,000 people, which the government website informs me uh, is £123.41 a week, and we have scraped up another £25,669,280 for the national coffers. There's also uh, council tax relief, of course, but uh, given that we're already working with some damnably rough figures and that the national variations in terms of council tax benefit make the whole thing an incalculable mindfuck, I I'm going to leave that out for the time being, uh, because I fucking hate maths. Uh, give or take, then, uh, the country will be some... £69,307,680 uh, better off each year from the factory. And that's not counting the taxes that I think we can all t uh, be confident, we can all take for granted that Tata Industries will be forking over to HMRC with a jovial smile. Eh what? Hmm. Don't give me that look, Arkham. You're so cynical. Dash it all. Where does a dog pick up cynicism like that? Even so, it represents uh, just shy of 14% of the money expended by the government on getting the wheeze off the ground, uh, which means that it will have recouped its investment in about seven years or so. Uh, now, fair's fair, that's not too shabby on the face of it. Of course, the downside of the whole caper is that it's been uh, trumpeted by the likes of the Daily Mail as a Brexit bonus. Apparently, it simply would not have happened were we still in the EU. Though one does rather wonder if the Spanish authorities would have had to uh, bung Tata quite the same amount of money to get the factory built there. Ah, but let them have it, eh, what? Lord knows, beyond the blue passports, they've had precious little to crow about. And if you're really so petty and mean-spirited as to deny some simple-minded xenophobes their crumb of probably illusory joy... Well, why not point out that in order to render the Somerset factory a tempting prospect to Tata, our sovereign nation's government has had to grease the palms, go cap in hand, and spend money uh, on the dusky descendants of Indians who once writhed and sahibed so cravenly neath the jungle boot of British imperialism. Yes, dash it all, why not rub that in a little? 
especially when one of them is griping about how foreign aid is all about bunging corrupt Johnny foreigner governments in order to make profits for various NWO stroke WEF fronts. Ah, times be hard, and we must perforce wrest such happiness from them as we may, cats and kittens. And uh, to round off with uh, yeah, more schadenfreude-laced merriment and uh, hilarity, we have today the spectacle of the Conservatives licking their electoral wounds following two by-election defeats and a barely discernible victory. Of course, it's a long-standing tradition of politics in these not notably United Kingdoms for nobody to actually admit to losing a by-election or a local election, no matter how bad the result for a party might be. Uh, their spokeswankers will inevitably point out that things could have been a lot worse. So, in a way, admittedly in a way that bears no relation to mathematics or the location of arses in seats, they sort of won, if you really think about it. Even the sort of majority-slashing result from Selby can be spun as a vague moral victory, if one's willing to have a pop at it. Though uh, today's efforts were a little more perfunctory than usual, through Richter's grins, government foot soldiers made non-committal noises and swiftly changed the subject to the Uxbridge and South Ryslip by-election, where they, after a recount it must be noted, were found to have romped home with a whopping 496 vote majority. A lot of fun, and no mistake. But at the same time, uh, the fact that the Labour High Command have blamed their narrow defeat on local opposition to the extension of London's ultra-low emission zone wheeze, uh, a scheme they have urged the London Mayor to reflect upon, because, of course, you know, it's easier to cave into a convenient anti-green narrative than it is to actively campaign on other issues or attempt to point out to people that their lungs might just be worth a little bit more than £12.50 a day. The twats. Ah, damn it, Arkham. All of a sudden, that schadenfreude is starting to leave a nasty taste in my mouth. I don't mind telling you. Anyway, in this suddenly far more sombre frame of mind, I should say it's high time we were off home. Frankly, cats and kittens, after staying up to the wee hours to make sure that Lawrence Fox actually did lose his deposit at Uxbridge, he did, I'm frankly knackered. These late-night sessions before the telly box can be gruelling affairs, particularly if one isn't buoyed up by some supermarket brand scotch, uh, a preparation I uncharacteristically overlooked this time round. Uh, must try harder. An early night is the order of the day for us, so we can be nice and fresh to wax lacrimose and disgruntled at you next time. Before we do, though, please, as ever, remember that the opinions here on Discontent Provider are entirely our own and should be used for entertainment purposes only. Facts and quotes and figures have been checked to the best of my ability as well. Uh, also bear in mind the importance of frequent contact and bonding. So uh, do follow us on the Twitter, just search for Discontent Provider and or tweet at Foxy and Arkham. Like all podcasts, word of mouth is the lifeblood of the medium, so if you'd like to support this pallid, frail and sickly little sapling, do big us up to your nearest and dearest and share us like Billio, won't you? Uh, in that spirit, I'd like to offer a recommendation of a simply smashing podcast that, um, that swam into our can a while back. Inane Blather is an American show hosted by a charming brother and sister act, What Ho Doug, What Ho Natalie, whose trenchant observations on the US political scene will undoubtedly help to prepare you for the inevitable dissolution of our own socio-political landscape a few years hence. 
first prepared is best prepared and all that kind of thing, podcast pals. They also have some frightfully jolly soundboard shenanigans with which they expertly leaven the unbearable misery. To say nothing of the darkly thrilling, raw, throbbing sexual tension that can only really exist between siblings. Give them a try, eh? You, being people of rare discernment, will almost certainly dig it the most. So, having bigged up a competitor with a magnanimity that even I find surprising, uh, there remains nothing more to say other than from myself, the Silver Fox, and Arkham, the Black and White Dog. Cheerio! have been quite sticky ever since we pissed off our neighbours But we're still a major player, we just need a little help in hand Forget our clammy mitts and ignore our nervous smiles We've still got what it takes to make it worth your while We've got tech, we've got the workers and we've outlawed union shirkers And we're British so we'll myrtle through We'll give you 500 million, give or take a few hundred grand It's election day and the happy arsehole is proudly smiling He's spoiled his mother just to show them all he doesn't fall for their tricks. He doesn't seem to realise that the system's spoiled already and that nobody really cares. He's an ordinary bloke and he ain't got time for woke and if that upset and left his well that's fine with him. So he walks out feeling cool, he's not intentionally cruel, just a vacuous self-satisfied prick. by dimwits and racists and that's why we're finding it kind of hard to have nice things we couldn't give a fuck about having clean air those hippies ought to get a job and cut their damned hair at the last night other proms will also patriotic songs in new jerusalem oh dearie me yes it pacifies our doubts and it helps to drown out the creeping terror that each tory day brings 